When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We here at the Fumbling Four Network take mental health very serious. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. If you don't like talking on the phone, you can text or start an online chat. Once again, the number is 1-800-273-8255. Welcome to the Resident Evil Lorecast, the podcast that will explore the various mediums and lore of the Resident Evil franchise, such as the video games, movies, novels, and more. And here are your hosts, Ariel, Daniel, and Aaron. Something that might interest you. <laughs> well, welcome back to the Resident Evil Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron. And uh, joining me is a bunch of people that I've never met before in my life. That's lies. That's what I'm going to tell the cops. Ariel, my fellow co-host. Wow. <laughs> and Daniel. Hi there. And then, of course, our lovely patrons, Mango and Seven Blades. Hello. I couldn't remember the the quote I wanted <laughs> to say, so. Line. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Line. <laughs> Oh, jeez. So, um, we're here to talk about uh, Deaf Island. Did you just say Deaf Island? I did. did. What? In honor of (laughs) the orcs. (laughs) No, we're here to talk about Death Island. Huh? Oh, God. Here we go. (sighs) So, everybody watched Death Island, yes? Oh, I saw most of it. (laughs) (laughs) I watched it just before we got into here. (laughs) So it's all fresh in my head. Perfect. <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> um, well, Ariel, do you want to kick this thing off? Sure, I guess. Go for it, cowgirl. What am I kicking off? What are we talking about? Death Island. Death Island. Oh my Death God. Island. Where? Uh, orcs. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess. Kick it off with. What did you think? Did you like it? Did you hate it? I was genuinely impressed with the CGI. I told Seven Blades earlier that it was it was crazy to see a movie with CGI so good it looked like a bad like regular movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or a hate. <laughs> it's definitely a compliment because like I, I was watching like like the the last fight scene against the. Uh, uh, Daryl or whatever the fuck his dumbass name was. Dixon. Uh, Dixon. Yeah. <laughs> Daryl. Or oh my you know, god, Dylan. I, I was not Dylan, a fan there of we that go. Name. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, every time it showed his face, it just it, it was like the same makeup effect as like the Paul Anderson movies. <sighs> Boom. Burn. You mean Megala Dylan? Megala Dylan, <laughs> yeah. Right, that's coined yeah. by Ariel. <laughs> Thanks, Ariel, for that nickname. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to not not be that now. Oh, my God. 
Well, okay, so Mango liked the CGI because it looked like a B-rated movie. Uh, what does Seven Blades think? All right, so overall, I'm pretty impressed with what they've done here. Uh, having watched all the movies not that long ago, just because we had a previous chat on all that, um, they put it together in a way that it's not necessarily going to break any headlines or something like that, but it's going to stick with me for a while, thinking about it. Um, I, I will say in the beginning, it, it seemed like... I know they were doing this, they were like uh, filming it over COVID or whatnot, um, and I did actually look into a little bit. The actors weren't able to do any of the recordings in person, so they were never in a group together. They had to do it separately and, and edit that all together, which is difficult. Um, but as far as the animation went in the beginning, it did kind of seem like it was off. Not necessarily looked off, but it didn't time right with the words being said. But that became less noticeable as it got, went on. So I'm assuming they actually improved their technique while they were making it. And I actually, I looked around at some reviews for it, and there were some, like, official critics who were saying bad things about it. But, you know, I'd always take their word with, salt, with a grain of salt because I know negativity sells in this kind of thing, uh, situation. But um, I couldn't find very many fans actually saying anything negative about it. A lot of people were pretty happy with what came out. And I uh, think that's a huge turn, considering in previous iterations, it's usually an all-hate fest. <laughs> uh, yeah, big time. Weren't you what? saying that there was an article that you found, Daniel? Oh, yeah. Somebody, somebody wrote an article in April. So after the trailer dropped and it was a lot of like terribleness in this article, like I was just reading some of the stuff off to them and I was like, you're going off of the trailer and the movie hasn't released for what, three months. Yeah. Mm -hmm. April. Yeah. So it hadn't even come out three months. It hadn't even been out yet. So I was like, you're, but if they were, it's a bunch of hate, well, it wasn't necessarily a bunch of hate, but then they were like, yeah, but I'm still going to watch this a hundred percent. Like, I was like, how are you going to rip on it so bad in your article, but then you're going to be so for this movie? This movie's going to be trash. I'm going to watch it, though. Yeah. I'll watch this trash movie. I was like, to be fair, that's how I feel about most of the Resident Evil movies. Like, at this point, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's probably going to suck if you're just looking at, like, st statistical analysis, but I'm still going to watch it. It's Resident Evil. <laughs> I'm still going to watch it. I will Goodness. say one thing that made me extremely happy was they took away from like there was a ton of like combat scenes. Obviously, I did like how it wasn't just Leon and Chris being like badasses. And then the others were like kind of on the sidelines. Honestly, it felt like they took the normal badassery that would have been in everyone together and just gave it to Jill. She went hard for like no reason in every fight scene. <laughs> I could not have that. It's that amazing how somebody who was trained by special forces could lose their gun that much, but she was okay with it, apparently. <laughs> she was using that knife a lot. <laughs> so, ah, you uh, got rid of my gun. Now I have the advantage. <laughs> Pulled out a knife. The gun was slowing her down. I have yeah, the high ground. the gun was slowing her down. Oh my gosh. We, we had actually just got done talking about that. The reason they did that was because they got tired of, Capcom got tired of people shitting on everyone are shitting on them because the knife is pretty much useless in the games. 
So they made it so Jill pretty much only used the knife exclusively to prove a point of it's still badass too. <laughs> well, I'll also say I thought it was really cool how in the um, not Azkaban. <laughs> uh, Alcatraz. Alcatraz, thank you. The Alcatraz <laughs> fight. I thought it was really cool how everybody knows in order to kill a zombie, you shoot him in the head or whatever. They talk about it all the time. You shoot him in the head or uh, you damage the brainstem, etc. She was constantly going after the brainstem instead of just headshots, mm-hmm. which is awesome, I thought. Jill Valentine for president. This was Barry Burton, her vice president. Barry Burton's vice VP. <laughs> um, so uh, while we're talking about weapons, um, did any weapons particularly stand out to you two? I mean, I have to imagine you're probably talking about the random laser rifle that we had <laughs> just stowed away amongst all the other weapons. Well, it was super obvious that they just did that. I mean, Jill was the one who picked it up. It was clearly just a reference to fucking <laughs> yeah. too. But I also have to wonder, why did they even have all the weapons stockpiled there if there was no one actually using them? That's like, what I said. You could try and explain it away, like, yeah, it used to be old military tunnels and service. You know, it was a supply line. But why would they leave it behind? That's the most Resident Evil shit. I remember yeah. watching and watching everything, and uh, like Leon gets thrown halfway across the room, just happened to land right on top of a jeep with a with a machine gun on the back of it, so I could go get Chris and they could shoot. Like the whole that entire fight scene was the most Resident Evil shit I've ever seen. <laughs> everything just happened to be exactly where they needed to be. Within, within, within the first of grenades, within the first thirty seconds of the fight scene, every single one of them had a rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, mean, I was the, the, when they all assembled to fight the big guy. I'm like, oh, I'm getting real endgame moments or uh, flashbacks right now. <laughs> um, and then when they, you know, did the first swig and they slowed motion, everyone jumped everywhere. Everyone was kind of doing something, shooting somewhere. And then I noticed uh, Rebecca just kind of laid down. Well, no, she didn't even just lay down. She did a dive and shot the tentacle with her teeth. <laughs> that <laughs> was right like, over. <laughs> What, but if you go back and you watch Jill, Jill's my favorite one. She by far had the most time to do anything else. What she decided to do was run towards the tentacle, and then you could watch her kind of panic for a second, and then she just like judo flips over it. I <laughs> use all that special training. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm going to do a cool flip, guys. Wait a minute. Uh, It'll demoralize him. Say what? It'll demoralize him. <laughs> that uh that fight scene was very resident evil all over the place <laughs> i loved it no i had a good time with it too <laughs> there was just some things i could pick out and laugh about it was great every motherfucker had a shotgun or a machine gun <laughs> and so the thing is like when i when we first watched this i said to ariel what the fuck are all these guns doing down here with all these fucking military vehicles. And she goes, it's Alcatraz. It's where storage is. I kept thinking to myself, okay, that would be cool if everything was from like the 80s, but most of this shit looks like it's modern. There's a fucking plasma rifle down there. Well, I, I wonder if it was Arius's stuff. Oh, fuck. <laughs> because 
um, Megalodillon took it from <laughs> Arius. So I wonder if that was Arius's, uh, like cash, cachet. Yeah, like his whole whatever armor, his dragon whatever. horde of weapons. Yeah, Ariel and just solved the mystery. I thought about that too, but if they weren't using it, I would imagine he would have just sold it for profit to further his goals faster. But I don't know. He's pretty insane. That's also true. <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody else get massive Joker vibes from that guy? Not massive bitch vibes, I guess. <laughs> that's B virus. That's somebody else, according <laughs> to Ariel. The yeah, virus. the B virus. <laughs> oh god, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of liked the full blown insanity bad guy this time around. If nothing else, it was different. Rather than because the Resident Evil villains are literally always just cool, collected rich people. <laughs> Damn it. And this guy had to have money in some way. You ain't going to pay for a state of the art computer system like that if you ain't got money somewhere. Yeah, I want to know how he got all this money and used to be an umbrella flunky. Well, like Ariel was saying was when he was working with Arius. Just took daddy's money. <laughs> At least it wasn't Daddy for you. <laughs> Daddy ain't got no money. Yeah. You can go be with your dad now. Oh. <laughs> can we talk about how savage Leon was during all that, too? Uh, that man has to either be made of the most endurable Nokia technology of all time. <laughs> uh, the. Uh, he was right away in the beginning. He got his head smacked into a metal pipe that didn't bend <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> and, and then it, it even showcased that she's literally punching through concrete. So the direct hits he was taking. Uh, he's different. <laughs> he's built different. We, we've talked about this seven ways. You know exactly what it is. <sighs> Tink. Plot armor, <laughs> and she was slowly whittling away at it, but she didn't get through it yet. <laughs> but the, but the, con the concrete pillar didn't have plot armor. Rebecca even said, "Like, oh, he's not at one hundred percent yet, so let's go give him backup." And then they never actually show up to give him back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we noped out of there. Well, you notice when Rebecca and Claire went up there, and Leon had left from there. Like you don't even—I don't ever recall seeing Maria's body. Like they didn't even show them look at it. Like, oh, she's up here dead. Well, Leon took care of that. Nothing. Nope. I would assume I'd see the redhead with the big, big pool of blood around her. Well, that was yeah. one of my failed predictions. Is like after they took an extra couple seconds to pan on Maria's face after she was quote unquote dead, I was like, oh, she come back. And then when there was just them two up there, I'm like, oh, now we're going to get a fight scene between them and her. And that's going to be she badass. But something. then nothing happened. <laughs> Maybe she did get away. Leon took the body. <laughs> I'm going to use you for later. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> oh, Leon, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> You're quiet, just like Ada when she doesn't return my phone calls. 
shit. Oh, God. So, uh, <laughs> after that solid burn, I guess the next thing we should talk about is the BOWs in this. They've all evolved a lot from what we've known from like the beginning of Resident Evil. How did that make you guys feel? Honestly, my favorite BOW was again, the, I'm just going to go out and say that the Alcatraz fight was my favorite part of the movie. That fucking did I say that right? Yeah. Did I say Alcatraz, Alcatraz? Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. I'm still because now I, in my brain, all I can think about right now is Alakazam. But, um, <laughs> Uh, I, I liked how they were just normal zombies. They were just fast as hell. Basically. Like very agile zombos. Yeah, they were ridiculous. I did make some points about different BOW's weaknesses. Oh, God. In, in the Please. last episode we recorded. Please share. <laughs> Do you want to know specific BOW weaknesses? that I took from this. Was it headshots? Not entirely. <laughs> Let me find it. Mind you, dear listener at home, I know you've listened to the last episode, but as, as of the time of recording, we haven't released it yet. So yeah, so it's all new to Mango and Seven Blades. So with the amphibious liquors, let's see here. Uh, apparently headshots and makeshift explosives are their weakness. Because that's how they uh, killed them. A little disappointed how easily they were dying. I thought it was cool the way when they were fighting them, but well, it said with the modifications that they made that the liquors were less durable. That's why they were easier, like more headshots. But they didn't have an exposed heart like some of the other models did. But they were because they're more amphibious now. They're I would assume that their skin is softer. In that case, um, yeah, I, mean, I suppose that makes sense. Just- Kind of give up a little bit of durability if you want to sustain uh, continued aquatic pressure. Yeah, then the shark, uh, his only weakness was fusing with Dylan. Because <laughs> it seemed to have no weakness because we know an explosive went off and didn't kill it out in the water. Um, so when it went to eat him, you know, you, you noticed a giant hole in its head. I wonder if that was actually because of the explosive and it just didn't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Shark. But Don't yeah. give no Dylans. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Dylan's weakness. I got that for you guys, too, if you want that. Uh, apparently his weakness is floodgate doors and underwater explosives. I was honestly, I was, I was expecting his weakness to be a, a, a meteor with the way they made him look. <laughs> like Sephiroth? Mm, uh, it was mosquitoes. <laughs> it was mosquitoes. No, no. <laughs> they didn't kill him. They only weakened him. Yeah. The floodgate door. <laughs> Off with his head. Oh Red queened him. <gasps> Red queen. It's all connection now. Oh, Jesus. The doors should have said Red Queen on them. I would have put that in there as an Easter egg. I'm so done with you. Oh, what's his head? I'm so fucking <laughs> You're fired. I'm not fired. <laughs> so, uh, with all that being said, I think this is the perfect time to go to a mid-break, and when we come back, we'll talk more Death Island. <laughs> 
I don't think you remember huh? what you were huh? talking about. <laughs> hey, Ariel. Yep. We're in the mid-break. Uh-huh. Middle of the show. Yep. Where all the things that happen in the middle happen. Mm-hmm. She's buying a shirt. Listen, I am getting that creep show shirt. <laughs> so uh, let me just shop some more shirts. Listen, it's awful middly in here is the next line. It's awful creepy in here. Oh my gosh. All right. Daniel, what do we do in the mid-break? Yeah. I hate all of you. <laughs> <laughs> we thank our patrons. You buttheads. I just want to make you say it. <laughs> Were you going to say you bitch? No, it's buttheads. Because it kind of sounded like I don't anyway, have the virus. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to our wonderful VIP patrons such as Oracle, Cerberus91, Chris Slate, Christian, Dog 47 Glenn Meeks, Zoobs, Jeremy Kelly, Lord Salazar, Mystery Bemo. Um, there is a nude mango in the studio. I just want to let everybody know. Don't look at it. Just flapping in the wind. I can't stop looking <laughs> at it. <laughs> Star power, bitches. The compound. The pumpkin king. Um, you know, did you know that I um, sinned seven times today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's in the studio right now. <laughs> That's what happens when you do it too many times. The seven sins. And of course, William Jackson. And we have to thank our all access patrons, of course Edward Parks, Remington Cloutier, Steve Hilder. And then we have to thank our official patrons Quattro Hawkes, Paul Murphy, Ryan Black, and some random guy. One day he won't be random. And one day he won't be random. Uh, and I, I just want to say, I'm not going to tell you what his email address is on air, but I love the email address. So, yes, thank you to our patrons. You're wonderful. We love you. And you, too, who are here with us. We love you, too. So, yes, thank you to our patrons. Ariel, what the fuck? Listen, I just found a shirt called <laughs> Horror of the Flying Cockroach. Tell well, me more. Fuck. <laughs> $16. Perfect. Yes, thank you, patrons. We greatly appreciate it. And thank you, listeners, because without you, we wouldn't have a show. Speaking of which, Ariel, you're first. On what? What'd you bring? I didn't bring anything. Too bad. You're Too first. Busy looking up t-shirts. Yeah, he's knocking that shit off. <laughs> yeah. So I read an article, much like I always do. Mango, you can't steal that. <clears throat> Watch me. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I listened to the first episode of Warhammer. So, this comes from IGN, and the title is Resident Evil Village for PS5 is $16. Amazon. Yeet. (laughs) And Mother Miranda insists you take advantage of this deal. I bet she does. Nobody asked you. I hear you can get kind of shit for that. (laughs) Yep, you sure can. Like a creep show shirt. A horror of the flying cockroaches. <laughs> so, <laughs> right now, Amazon has a great discount on Resident Evil Village, which is definitely worth adding to your collection if you don't have it already and perfect for the season. 
It's available for $16 at the moment, which is 20% off its usual price. Head to the link below on Amazon's website to check out this deal in full. So if you have a PS5 and you don't have Village, go buy it right now for 16 bucks. I don't have a PS5. Can I buy that for $16? Yeah, you can buy Village for the oh, PS5. No. I don't know. I want the PS5 for $16. I'm sure I could find you a t-shirt that says <laughs> PS5 on it for $16. Cridley wrote. <laughs> oh god alright Daniel what'd you bring alright hey Mango <laughs> yes. have, you, have you ever wanted to be a Jill sandwich I want to be in a Jill sandwich <laughs> well I can get you close so if you ever wanted to dress as Jill from Welcome to Raccoon City probably not but I just wanted to say you can get the Resident Evil Welcome Raccoon City Joe Valentine RPD vest on WilliamJacket.com. It runs $129, normally $229. Comes in various sizes between extra small to triple XL. It is a blue color, has a front zipper, it is sleeveless, and has the RPD patch on the chest. Does not say currently what the shipping... Oh, free shipping worldwide. So if you want to get that, it's currently 44% off. And if you want to imagine yourself as a Jill sandwich, you can get this vest and imagine you were once the Jill sandwich. I've never seen Mango from the waist down, but maybe he does have the legs to pull off a Jill outfit. (laughs) Finger snaps. (laughs) <laughs> I just found a shirt it says teamwork makes the dream work and it's fucking the human centipede. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so gross. Uh, <laughs> but that is what I have on WilliamJacket.com if you want to be your own Jill sandwich. Wow, what a riveting uh, sales pitch, Daniel. I did. I, I interacted with Mango. I'm mm. Speaking of, Mango, what'd you bring? <laughs> I didn't bring anything super fucked up. Oh, what the fuck? Uh, well, <laughs> depends on who you're asking. So those of you that are at Gen Con, Noah's wearing a very specific shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going. I'm putting that shirt on Redbubble so anyone who wants to piss off Ariel can. (laughs) 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 Uh, I'm working on getting. I have to become a merchant, whatever that means. I'm working on getting it up, uh, but I'll try and get a link so that can be added to the show notes. It's just Chris flipping off Leon. I love it. (laughs) Everybody else loves it. (laughs) Everybody else loves it. I know. Maybe I should buy everyone on the cast except Ariel one of these t-shirts. I'd wear it. Because <laughs> it does have Leon on it. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. It does have it does have Leon on. Oh my god. <sighs> so, Blades. What did you bring for us? Um uh... What is the offering that you present to us? Well, I have to say, I'm pretty sure this might have been 
linked before, but I'm going to put it up here anyway. If it has been linked before, Ariel, edit me entirely out, and you guys just sit here for five seconds of silence. <laughs> All right, five seconds so. of silence. Uh, I don't know if we brought a booby mouse pad. Uh, so I don't I, think it was Leon, though. I think it was Lady D, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. but and it, it would have been a different art style, too. It was more like the closer to like the Resident <laughs> Evil game. <laughs> You're free to go. <laughs> have at it. Well, I happened to bring a booby Leon mouse pad. You felt like <laughs> you're in danger of getting purple tunnel. Well, with this mouse pad, that is a thing of the past. With extra cushion wrist support, you too can nestle your wrist safely in Leon's bosom. <laughs> for, for an unfortunate price of $36.11. Um, you can find this on Etsy. Unfortunately, I have no idea who makes it because I never look at Etsy. Uh, the creator is 888-BARU. Perfect. Can I just say I'm currently on the Etsy page and I found a like a purchase orders review with a picture and they have the booby Leon mouse pad sitting next to their PC that has a master sword sticker on the side, so I'm just saying. <laughs> so you're saying they're a person of culture? They're a person of culture, yes. <laughs> a, a quiet tastes. So, Ariel, did you want the booby mouse pad too? Listen. <laughs> okay, listen. I have Purple Tunnel. It would be a great for me some like help to uh you know alleviate my pain a some booby leon boobies <laughs> some leon boobies make me feel better yeah just saying oh my god these mantastic man tits <laughs> mantastic man tits oh my gosh alright so the link for that will be in the show notes <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I didn't bring anything as kooky or crazy. Uh, I did bring something from Etsy, though. So if you just really like Leon's iconic line as much as Ariel does, why not make it a keychain? So right now, from the creator Needle Mender Layer on Etsy, you can get a Resident Evil 4 keychain that has Leon's quote of where's everyone going? Bingo. I want it. Uh, it has the calm image with Leon's picture in it. And uh, it looks like it's a heavy duty plastic from what it from the design. I can't really. There's not really a description of it so much. Uh, no, here we go. Description. So it is an acrylic keychain, and it is carefully packaged and shipped to you from Germany. Ooh. So yeah, it's it's a little bulky, but uh, it's nice. If you want it, 
You can get it on Etsy for $19.20. Boom. I just, I'm ignoring prices now. <laughs> just, it's all awful. Uh, so yeah, we'll have the link for that in the show notes as well. So with that being said, I have an announcement to make. Oh. And I'm going to make Mango do it. (laughs) So what's this announcement, Mango? What is this announcement we have to share? Me and Aaron have officially started a Warhammer podcast. We are on, we have done what, two episodes now? Yep. With obviously plans for many, many more. Uh, that's my announcement. I'm not a. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a word guy. <laughs> oh my gosh! So yes, we have started a Warhammer lore cast. Uh, we are episode one. Episode two has been recorded. Episode one is about uh, factions. Episode two is the continuation of those factions. You can get it wherever you get this podcast. Uh, and it is still from the Fumbling Four creator team. So don't worry. You'll still be showing us love. But yes, that's our announcement. New podcast that's already out. Let's go. Warhammer Lorecast. Check it out. New in quotation marks. Yeah, quotation. New as of a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks. I don't know. Ariel. That's it. We're done. Into the mid break. Yeah. I am currently looking for pyramid head shirts. Mm. Well, with the money you save there, you should go spend it somewhere else. Cool story, bro. You are fucking killing me. (laughs) While you're waiting on me to find pyramid head shirts, why don't you just roll on over to Fan Roll Dice? (laughs) Use our promo code almightyc10 and save yourself 10% off your purchase of dice dice bags dice trays dice towers all things dice you can even just browse their huge selection of different types of dice with gemstone metal resin wooden big dice little dice whole bunch of different dice and save yourself 10% off by using our promo code. Then you can just switch on over to Nixie Gaming. Use our promo code LOZ Lore and save yourself 10% off your purchase of Switch accessories. So they have like docking stations and controllers and stuff like that. And they also have their new thing, which is GameCube controllers. Which are pretty freaking cool. So go check them out and save yourself 10% off by using our promo code. And with all the money that you save, you could buy a pretty cool pyramid head shirt. <laughs> Damn it, Ariel. <laughs> well, it's better than the human centipede shirt I saw. Teamwork makes the dream work. And on that note, time to go to the end of the episode. <laughs> Well, here we are at the end of the episode. (sighs) We're going to talk about more Death Island. In addition to the other random crap we talked about during the breaks that didn't get put into this episode. (laughs) Ariel, keep it all in.
That's what she said. Uh, so, Daniel, what do you guys want to talk about with Death Island? I'm really upset they didn't put the Fallout Boy song in. There's a Fallout Boy song. Like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> the band. Yeah, they've been really famous for like 20 years. Holy shit, where have I been? <laughs> Anyway, there was a song. Pretty sure it's called Death Island or Dead Island. One of the two. I'll have to look it up. Hang on. Oh, my God. Wait. Oh, no. Now we have to all look it up. That's no, Death Valley, but still. Oh, OK. Well, I know that one. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So other than being disappointed that Fall Out Boy didn't make an appearance. <laughs> uh, anything else? Well, I guess I might ask you all. If we have any predictions on where they might go next in the cinema universe. Well, Ariel did bring up a good observation. You want to tell him about that? What, with the tie-in with nine? Mm, no, the, um, the door. The door. The door. So, <laughs> during the fight, it was right after the plasma rifle. When uh, Megalodillon got up and it made the insinuation that like his head was about to pop off, right? So with the gate going down, you notice like right before the explosion that the gate goes all the way down, insinuating that, okay, maybe it got decapitated before the body blew up. But I think he popped his fucking head off and his head's floating around in the fucking water swimming around in the fucking water I think he might have escaped and yeah we saw the carcass come up to the surface but that was its body I think he popped his fucking head off and he's swimming around somewhere I mean I definitely I had inclinations myself or something like that I did not quite I was, I'm in my personal theory that he might be dead, but other things would eat him. But then I canceled my own theory out by realizing that, but nothing was transferred by bite. So it's probably you don't get infected just by eating the carcass. So what you're saying is actually makes a lot more sense. And that, well, he didn't have any way to propel himself. So maybe he's just rolling along the bottom of the ocean floor. <laughs> Or maybe he'll mutate and actually have something going for him. But <laughs> Maybe something will eat him and it'll just kind of like worm his way up and take control. Oh, shit. Another Megalodillon. Another Megalodillon. Yes. I didn't even think about him being able to take over another body. Oh, shit. Yeah. I still like the thoughts of him rolling on the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> and it being to exactly what Ariel was singing, uh, Adele. Rolling in the deep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, okay. What if... What if he just keeps transferring his consciousness from body to body, essentially? I mean, it'd be his head, but what if he keeps transferring it and he ends up being the next big baddie in the CGI movies? What if he transfers his consciousness into the Megamycete? Son of a bitch. 
But it's gone. Well, I, yeah, I think even if that were possible, I think he would just then become a part of the Megamycete. Yeah, he would. But that would be a cool little tie-in to 7 and 8. Ariel's gears are turning now. I'm trying to think of like what they could possibly do for the next CGI because they could do it right before 7 with the introduction of Ethan. They could do it after 7 with like the in-between with Ethan and uh, Mia. If they're going to do a movie with Ethan Winters, it has to be POV. I refuse to see his face. They, it needs to be like a chest cam or something. I do not want to see his face. <laughs> Never sees Ethan the Winter's face. Well, the other option would be to do it after Village, mm-hmm. but before Rose has grown up. Yeah. I so that do way, that then too. Chris is still like, well, younger. I'm going to use that in quotes, but you know, he's still closer to the same age he's at. Yeah. Yeah, because they could still do another one with everyone right before seven. Like the events of seven, because that's still what the events of seven were two years after Death Island. Yes. So they could do another one like a year later. Or if they want to skip that completely and just head into seven, they could do that. But they would have to have Ethan and they would have to, sorry, Mango, show his face. So. But if they skip that and do one after Village, then Ethan's no longer a. Yeah, true. Well. What was his name? Jake? Jake Mueller? Yeah. They could actually do a spinoff uh, show that tie him into later iterations, too. Wesker 2.0. Because <laughs> I, I I imagine they must have had something planned for him. It just fell through or just not the time for it. I don't know. I th- I'm pretty sure Capcom has showed us they don't have plans for anything. They just kind of like panic and then oh. make something over the course of three years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, I-, I wanted to look at something before I started rattling this off. So the total current sales numbers for Resident Evil Village have sold over 8 million copies worldwide. Okay. Okay. There was advertisements, but nothing like Capcom's done in the past to sell the old games. What I'm thinking is Capcom is really trying hard to do more of this outside the box advertising nowadays. What if they made a mini movie? To advertised Resident Evil Village or Resident Evil Village, RE9 with the events between eight and nine. Yeah, I could see that. I don't think they don't, they never really make futuristic movies though. The CGI movies are always events from years and years ago. Mm hmm. Because even Death Island is still, we're still talking early 2000s, I think. 
2015. Yeah. 2015. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I was way off, but it's still, you know, that's eight years ago, nine years ago almost. Yeah, but I don't. I think it would be almost nigh impossible for them to do anything with the Winters family, period, for a movie. They could. Well, I mean, if if they're going to do something like that, what I think they need to do is the Winters need to be a background, like talked about over there, maybe seen in like footage or something. But it's like about what's going. Like the BSAA has been. We know that the BSAA was doing research on the the family from seven and we know they were like doing a whole bunch of stuff to gear up for everything that happened in village so show more about that with just the the winters being like like i said just like you see their name on a file or you see footage of them doing their thing or whatever you know what i mean so you know it's all happening around the same time they could also do a movie prior to seven on how chris became involved with blue umbrella True. Be a good little movie. I didn't think that. No, I guess that did happen right right around seven, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Never mind. Yeah, he was he was basically liaisoned out to Blue Umbrella from BSAA right before the events of seven. Yeah, just for some reason I had it in my head that that happened right before eight, not before seven. But that wasn't, you know, obviously the big blue umbrella at the end. <laughs> huh, weird. <laughs> I really think at least one of the CGI movies they do will involve the end events of Death Island because I think Ariel's right I think he scooted under that door oh you know what would be good what would be cool so it happens after Death Island, clearly, right before seven. They're on a motherfucking boat. Okay. I'm Trying boat. to search for him because they find out that, you know, he still fucking lived. And they run into the boat that's carrying fucking Evelyn. That's why it crashed in Louisiana. Oh, shit. Interesting. Because that would tie in the beginnings of Seven. Yeah, it would. It would bring up why exactly Blue um, Blue Umbrella became of interest to the BSAA, other than their name's Umbrella, in some capacity. You could still have the main characters, or at least some of the main characters, because Chris. He came in at the end of seven. It could have been he was looking for wherever the fuck Evelyn went off to. Yeah. Huh. That'd be pretty cool. (laughs) I stand corrected. You can somehow make a movie before the events of seven. (laughs) Son of a bitch. Like right up to it. At least. Another thing I wanted to talk about is would you guys be upset if there was like a genre shift for one of these movies like a lot of these movies are heavy action um, but the issue with heavy action movies is there's not at least the way they've demonstrated there's not a lot of time to fill in plot fill in story it's usually just a bunch of references if they shift to a deeper horror story 
uh, horror stories generally have, or at least horror, horror genres generally have a bit more time to build, uh, like backstory or the context surrounding the incident. And so if this was going to be a movie that ties in, would you prefer something that takes a different shift in genre? So it has a bit more time to explain the context between it or the context of it, as well as uh, fill in additional notes. Or would you prefer a con an, uh, the continuation of the genre, just heavy action? Hmm. I'd be all in for a horror movie. Like if they switch to more horror, I'd be all in. Love horror. My fear would be, could they do it? I know they could try, but would it be successful? Because, and like, I love horror movies, but I also hate them because they're not good most of the time. <laughs> like, if it's very, you know, what's going to happen. So, I, I'm not opposed to it. I just, I feel like it would take a lot of money and manpower to do right. Well, the yeah. other thing, sorry. The other thing I was thinking was, I don't think it's possible to do it with the cast that they have now. They're going to have to bring in newcomers, like character-wise, to do a horror movie, because literally the old school crew is what everyone thinks of when they watch a horror movie. I wouldn't be scared. I'd just shoot that fucker in the face. Like they literally have no fear about them anymore. Yeah, that you can't scare them. Sure, you can shock and awe them, but you can't scare them. They're so deprived of fear anymore. We've seen it in all the games, even as of recent. I was waiting for Daniel to chime in. Fear, fear, fear. <laughs> so yeah, you're gonna have to bring in a whole new crew. What would be interesting is when they had the um, oh god, what was it? We didn't talk about it yet. <sighs> It was the game where it was the puzzles. Somebody played the master, like the prison master, and everybody else was survivors trying to escape. Um, it was RE. Oh, you're talking uh, about resistance? Yeah. Yeah, resistance. Okay. So if they did a game, like a movie like Resistance, that would be interesting. Well, to remedy what you're talking about, they could do a new cast for the horror show where everyone does die in it or they would introduce the character. So if it was on uh, the ship with Eva, they could do a new cast for everyone on that ship and work, you know, most of the people die there save for, uh, is it Mia? Maya? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Mia. do a, 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 a mini movie like you were saying where it's the main cast coming in, uh, connecting what Ariel is saying, the guy going to the ship, and that's how they get to the ship and coming across after all the events have happened. I think you can get away with it like that. I don't know if I would be okay with doing a... I mean, I would be okay if it was like one-off, but I don't think I'd be okay if they. this is the new direction they decided to take with all the CGI movies moving forward. And they that's, could, uh, that's not necessarily what I'm saying. It's more that when they do these kind of connection films, 
I feel like they really miss a lot of points because it is just high action and therefore a lot of the context is just references, which is nice for the, you know, the veteran viewer or whatever been through the series and been stuck with them through it all. But for anyone, if they want to build a new audience, uh, action references just doesn't quite help. Yeah. I feel like they could still get away with horror, though, even with the old characters, because it's not necessarily them getting scared. It's us, because with the RE4 remake, they went way darker and way more towards horror. And it's not like Leon was scared. But it was awesome the way they did it. Yeah. So I feel like they could go more towards horror and even with the original characters because it's not about scaring them, it's about scaring us. I also think, though, that a lot of people are ready to move on. So maybe not get rid of the characters, but just do something. Just just have a BSAA group or something like that. Just a regular, just a group of regular people go in and try and do something or something along those lines. Like introduce, maybe not named characters, but do something with these massive organizations you've created. Yeah. That would be cool. I would like that. I. I had another thought too. Cloning's a big thing in this franchise. Except for cloning Wesker. <laughs> well, I was just Jake. thinking. Jake is a literal clone of Wesker. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think maybe it would be cool to have a movie where we are led to believe that in the entire, like the first half of the movie, we're following our normal heroes of the franchise and they start dying off. And it isn't until the end of the movie that it's revealed that they were just clones in an experiment. I think that would be a great way to also bring back Wesker if they decided to. Wesker's using these clones as guinea pigs. My only qualm against that is they already did that with Alice, though. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, damn it. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Have original idea. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Paul. (laughs) Oh gosh! The argument you could have made was that yes, they already did it with Alice, but that that just supports your what you were just talking about. He didn't think of that. Do you know yeah. what? Shush. That's okay because the counter argument <laughs> to that was they also did it in like two or three other movies. One of the movies was about them uh, was about Umbrella testing. They had like six pods for different countries, and they tested the virus in every pod with clones multiple times to sell it. Simpsons did it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, does anybody have anything else they'd like to talk about? Big knife go shrink. (laughs) What? Big knife go shank. (laughs) A big knife go shank. Joe Valentine with her knife. (laughs) She really did prefer that knife over everything else ever. (laughs) Like, Like Daniel said, the gun was holding her back. Uh, I will say I did love the fact that she fought more like a fucking green beret 
Yeah. She was Delta Force. Well, yeah, Delta Force, Green Beret. It's, it's all special forces. But the point is, is, she fought like a special forces operative now and not like a scared little shit. She was the badass she was always supposed to be. I agree to that. She really, uh, they really shined a light on Jill on this one. Mm hmm. I see what you did there. What? Nothing. <laughs> I don't think he saw what he what he did there. I don't saw what yeah. he did. So, um, yeah, Jill was definitely a fucking badass. And to reiter- uh, reiterate my point, like I was saying, a lot of fans don't seem to be actually upset with this movie. A lot of people were happy about it, which is, again, a huge turning point in what they have traditionally done. I mm-hmm. think uh, it might be good of them to take notes on that and kind of understand who directed and how they directed as well as what characters they brought into this. If they can do that and then start consistently putting out stuff of this quality or better, we might actually start seeing a lot more interesting things happen. They might not have to rely so much on just bringing back old faces to get news. Because while I enjoy the original cast, I would also like to see the world built more around them rather than from them. Yeah. They sp- they've spent 20 years building the world. Do something with it. Mm-hmm. 100%. I will say when I went online to look at reviews and stuff, the thing that ticked me off most is Rotten Tomatoes said it was 80%. IMDb said it was a 5.7 out of 10. Well, yeah, but you can't trust. Nobody looks at critics. Yeah, All critics do is lie. <laughs> a bunch of salty motherfuckers. 100%. 100%. I'm looking at something now. Gross. Oh, shut. <laughs> <sighs> I want to say the guy who directed... I want to say he did other movies too. Other Resident Evil movies. Yes, that's exactly what it was. He also did Infinite Darkness. Ooh, interesting. Yes. So what I I was going to go into what exactly what you were saying, Blades. 100%, I think that's what they're doing. They saw how popular infinite darkness was and they were like well shit let's just keep him on would make sense I definitely think anyone who cares about the material as well as becomes well versed in is generally the solid choice here Mm -hmm. bringing in new blood new talent I don't know there's too many people out there with an ego to stroke who just kind of want to put their own touches on it just don't understand the universe oh yeah 100% it's it seems like Capcom has learned a valuable lesson from all this and is choosing to instead of fight the waves so to speak they're just kind of going with the current this time anybody got anything else nope movie Maybe you should ask 8 out ladies. of 10 looking for another or looking forward to another 8 out of 10 looking for another this, no, no, we're rating, we're rating the movie, not, this isn't, this isn't, uh, uh, match.com. 
okay. We're not looking for uh, another. <laughs> it can be two things. <laughs> uh, all right, Blade. So you said ratings to other things. <laughs> God. So you said eight out of ten. Yep. So it's what was it movie. missing to make it that perfect ten for you? Well, I do enjoy a lot more context. The films I watch, a lot more world building. These movies are never going to have that. So unfortunately, I don't think I'll ever give a movie a ten. However, what they did with what they had, I did enjoy the references. I am a longtime fan. And the animation, while a little dodgy in the beginning, really, really ironed itself out and became quite smooth. Fight scenes are great. On, they were on top of that. Uh, it's a good movie. Great movie. And like I said, it's sad that it, uh, I can never find a 10 out of 10 for these things. But that's just my own personal preference. I would still recommend this movie to anyone who... Even, even remotely enjoys Resident Evil. Okay. Mango, what's your rating? I would give it. I'm gonna I'm gonna rate it based off of the context of the other RE movies. I'm gonna give it ten Space Wolves out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I think they like 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 we said or like you said, um, they've been playing around with random options for years now with infinite darkness i think they found one that's stuck it's making mm-hmm. everyone happy so, so I, 10 I, I space will, wolves i will gladly give them 10 space wolves can i can i get an uwu uwu <laughs> <laughs> don't you fucking uwu me <laughs> <laughs> oh god well on that note i think that's it so I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank our patrons for joining us. You're lovely. I live to be here. <laughs> no, he's not even kidding. We only let him live so he can be here. <laughs> you can't see his face. There's life support in the background. Yeah, yeah. He's also in my basement. <laughs> uh, so, well, with all that being said... Thank you all for listening. Tune in next week. Bye there. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for joining us tonight on the Resident Evil Lurecast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, tell a friend. Leave a comment and review. If you want to keep chatting with us about all things Resident Evil, you can find us on the Robots Radio Discord. You can also chat with us at RE Lurecast on Twitter. Till next time, stay safe out there. And remember... We might have something that might interest you, stranger.